0: Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Cambro Conversations. And we have the second ever solo podcast with just me today. And we've got 25 questions to answer, a wide, wide variety of topics, including my 2021 goals, my biggest lesson of 2020, my training split, and how I'm building in a more functional approach alongside my traditional hypertrophy goals, where I see myself in five years time, three things that I learned since lockdown 2.0, and many, many more, including my ideal date. Without any further ado, let's dive right into this one. I hope you all find it entertaining and enlightening. <laughs> Welcome back. It's the second ever solo Q&A that I've done on the podcast. We've got a wide range of questions to work through, 25 in total. And I'll go into as much depth as possible on each one. Some will be short and sharp answers. Some will be a bit more caveated in order to give a bit more depth. But without any further ado, let's dive into these. So question one, did you spend more time looking into crypto and Bitcoin After the podcast with Crypto Glasgow? In short, yes, especially given that crypto has pretty much rocketed since the podcast. I'm not claiming any impact myself, but Bitcoin is now up to, I think, 18,000 when I last saw before recording, which is getting back close to the 20,000 high that I had. Both Deck and Don talked at length about it as a store of value. So, Given the current economic circumstances that we face, it would probably be a bit negligent of me to not do my research, especially off the back of having a, an hour long conversation about it so that 's been helpful. asset allocation is a is a huge thing, and those that have listened to the Andrew Craig podcast will appreciate that as well that setting up how much of the money that you're saving or investing each month can be put into different asset allocations, and one of the assets should you choose could be cryptocurrency for me. In future, that could be as low as 1% through something like Coinbase. I can choose to invest 1% of what I invest per month into cryptocurrency as a little bit of a hedge in terms of it's low, it's low risk given it's such a small amount of my allocation, but potentially high reward because of the nature of the, the asset. In fact, it's growing a lot. Question two, scale one to 10, just how fitness with a PH are you? I'm probably nine. I think I'm a nine fitness with a PH because I don't work in the fitness industry full time. I think I would need to work in the fitness industry full time as a coach or a personal trainer in order to qualify as a a full 10 out of 10, but it's a huge part of my, my life and I think I tick those fitness boxes. Question three, what genres of music do you listen to apart from country call of course? So country music is actually quite a recent thing for me. Probably last 18 months to two years, got more into it. Credit to David Hatt and Bradley Wilson for pushing me into that. Mostly I listen to rap and R&B and house, and that's usually when I'm training. Um, I need a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more intense to really get you going. Mostly people like Bicep, George Fitzgerald, Ejeka on the house front, and even maybe softer stuff like Joe Corey. So he's got three or four belters, doesn't he? On the rap and R&B front, Drake. Uh, the Weeknd's probably one of my most played artists. Kanye West. NF I find to be quite good, like angry and intense if you want to lift, alongside Meek Mill. And then old school stuff like 50 Cent, Eminem, The game is always good for a gym session. Question four, eat before or after a weight session. For me, it's both. And I tend to eat a pretty carb heavy with a bit of protein meal about 90 minutes to 120 minutes before a train. That fuels my performance. It makes me feel strong and pumped and energized and really gets me through that. And then I'll look to eat something fairly similar, maybe a little bit less carb, just depending on what my targets are about 60, within about 60 minutes of my session. There's no rush to get your meals in and around your sessions. However, meal timing does matter when it comes to performance and nutrient timing around your session is important if you want to get the maximum performance, but also afterwards for your recovery. For me, if you had to like hold a gun to my head and say, which is more important for you, for me to feel good during my session immediately It's probably before in terms of getting your carbohydrates in, a decent amount of protein to tide you over, and afterwards is great for recovery in the longer term, but in the moment, I need to be well-fed beforehand, otherwise I'm not going to have a good session. Question five, and this is quite a deep one, how do you separate Colin T. Campbell from cambro? Now, I suppose firstly, this probably relates to my personal Instagram, which is Colin Campbell, and then my self-development fitness one which is Camber, which many of you will follow me on through this on my personal Instagram I try not to ram fitness and self-development content down everyone's throat because they haven't really signed up for it they've signed up to follow a personal Instagram they don't get me wrong my fitness content and maybe a good podcast that I'm listening to will occasionally creep onto there but I'm not going to post about it and and engage around it Every single day on that platform because nobody's really asked for that from doing that. And I'll rarely show that, although I will do that daily on Cambro because that is effectively the reason for that page. And if you don't like it, you can unfollow. Whereas on your personal page, there's all those kind of social norms around still following people from school, university, work, and those kind of areas of your life. Lastly, and I think probably most importantly for this question, I'm the same person when I'm trying to create a personal brand through Cambro that I am in real life. So I don't really have to think too much about Colin Campbell being separate from Cole Cambro because I'm quite open about who I am and how I come across on both platforms and being me is incredibly important and it sits within my values to behave in a way that I'm comfortable with and I'm not trying to act as a certain person or be a certain person for the sake of maybe getting some extra followers or getting some more engagement. I'll always try and be true to who I am. On to question six, favorite ice cream flavor. If you're talking traditional like Italian cafe in Glasgow, typically, you just got to go with the vanilla. The vanilla will be great. It'll, it'll really hit the spot. If you're talking somewhere a bit more assorted, like a, a loop and scoop, for example, for those that are Glasgow based, then you can go for a bit more of a, an eclectic f- flavor. So I would say something like Lotus Biscoff for less traditional flavors. But if you're an Italian traditional cafe, then for me, it's just you just got to go with the vanilla because that'll tick the box. Question seven, favorite Rangers player, past and present? So past, I'm obviously going to say my grandpa, Willie Thornton, as a, a Rangers legend and one of the top ever goal scorers. But if we're talking about during my lifetime, I'd probably say Peter Lovenkrantz. absolutely love Peter Lovenkrantz, particularly as he was scoring big, important goals against Celtic and in Europe when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, when you're kind of falling in love with football and Rangers. So he had a a big influence in that respect. And then up to present day, in the last couple of years, it's been Alfredo Morelos, our Colombian striker. And it's because he's been scoring so many goals. You see his connection with the fans, although he's not in the best form this season so far, although the team are doing well. He, I still really like him. I still I still just like how he behaves and plays for Rangers. You can see he wears his heart in his sleeve. He's incredibly connected to the fans. Like when you're in the stadium and he scores and the players is going nuts and he's just in his element, like with his connection to the fans, hearing his song, I think you do build a connection with a player like that. And uh, yeah, so present day, probably the Buffalo, Alfredo Morellas. Question eight, top three go-to clothing shops. So obviously I've become uh, rated as a fashionista, which is great. Gym wear-wise, it's got to be my protein. Uh, everything I wear is, is my protein. And even before I was in a, an official deal with them, it tended to be my protein clothing that I wore for the gym. They've got a wide range of stuff and they've got a rest day range as well, which is good for me kicking around the flat working from home during this COVID period. If we're talking kind of more smart casual clothes, a lot of people know that I I rate a, a Ralph Lauren shirt, a Ralph Lauren t-shirt, a Ralph Lauren polo shirt, and it just ticks that box really in terms of being a, a solid enough brand that's quite expensive and, and, and high quality, but not crazy high-end or, or, or well beyond everyone's price range. I think it might be useful to talk about trousers and I do tend to get most of my smarter trousers from Zara. So that would be things like chinos and maybe dress trousers. Now, a lot of the time as somebody with a smaller waist and slightly bigger legs, tiny calves, of course, I have to buy a waist size up and then in order for them to fit my quads and my glutes and then go to a tailor and get get the waist taken in Two to three inches, and uh, make sure that it's a bit of a better fit. But it means I'm less likely to burst my trousers. So Zara, my protein, Ralph Lauren. There's a, a wide range depending on what you're looking for in terms of clothing shops. Question nine: Podcast you'd love to feature on as a guest? I've not really thought about this at all, and I've been fortunate to be invited on lots of podcasts from people I've just connected with through Instagram, and it's always a pleasure to to jump on those. I think off the back of this question, I did think Modern Wisdom hosted by Chris Williamson would be a tremendous honor, mostly because it's probably the main podcast that I consume and and genuinely, pretty much every episode that comes out, I will religiously make sure I've listened to it and always take so much from it. Because of the standard of guest, I think if I was invited to go on that, it would be a tremendous compliment of the value that I might bring through a conversation. So I think long-term, it'd be lovely to be invited on that. If I had enough value to have a conversation that all the people that choose to listen to that would find valuable and enjoyable, then that would be a, a big honor. Question 10, perfect date idea. I think during this COVID period, that's hard to answer because of the, the kind of lack of um, things being open. But I think in more normal times, you need to be doing an activity. I'm not a fan of the kind of formal dinner and drinks or let's go for a, 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 sit, a sit a sit down meal, especially if it's the first time that you're meeting somebody. It's not my vibe to kind of set up like a like an interview. And I think there's elements of human psychology that have spoken about this in terms of in a date, if you are sat across from each other, it can turn into a little bit of a back and forth and you're kind of more likely to assess each other unfairly without learning more about the other person just based on that. So things like mini golf, bowling, trampolining, assault courses, some sort of activity where you're both a little bit outside your comfort zone, doing something together that you can maybe compare abilities on and, and joke about and really get to know each other a little bit away from a formal sit-down chat. I think that can be quite helpful. I think during this COVID period, a lot of people have been doing walking dates, and I certainly think that they're quite a good way to informally get to know somebody and it's a bit more relaxed than a, a formal setting. Number 11 how do you envisage your split with functional fitness and bodybuilding classically changing I'll share what I'm doing at the moment with the caveat that the gyms in Scotland and I think England are still closed but they're hopefully reopening soon but my approach has been for the past wee while anyway to be 6 days a week and formally it's push pull legs times 2 with a rest day but One of the leg days is hypertrophy and bodybuilding focused. And then the other leg day, I do one compound, which is front squats. And then I go into a more Metcon style of training. And that's pretty much replicated for push and pull. So on one of the push days per week, it's pretty much bodybuilding and hypertrophy. And then on the second push day, it is a compound, normally bench or overhead press. And I track that and logbook that. And then it's a more Metcon style with those muscle groups. Um, being the most taxed as well as my engine or my cardiovascular fitness. And then the same for pull. One day is hypertrophy bodybuilding. And then the other day is either a bent over row or a pull up, maybe both depending on how my recovery is. And then it's into a more Metcon focused with some rows and pulls within it, but a lot of um, assault bike or rower or bike or run, whatever has been built in that day from a Metcon perspective. And I think Logbooking the movements on your three traditional hypertrophy bodybuilding days, trying to get stronger, do well, it has been excellent, while also building up my capacity for cardiovascular through the other conditioning sessions. So I've clearly not gone full CrossFit. I've not really found the need to do that. I don't really want to, but the conditioning stuff has been fantastic fun, and I'm definitely getting much fitter because I'm doing a bit more mad stuff each week when I, when I try and do it. Question 12, one for the festive season. Favourite Christmas song? So weirdly, I've always liked Jonah Louie's Stop the Cavalry because it kind of goes... And for whatever reason, I've just loved that beat and it just stuck with me from, from as a kid. It's actually a bit of a morbid song. It's about war and um, sending the troops home. But um, it's, it's 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 a good song. For more upbeat ones, probably go for something like maybe Michael Bublé, like covering one of the classics. They, they wheel them out every December, don't they? So something like Santa Claus is Coming to Town would be like an up deep, upbeat one that you can maybe choose. But I think we'll go Jonah Louie, Stop the Cavalry. Number 13, what skill would you master if you had all the time in the world to do so? So I interpreted this as the clock stops and you can just do something until the clock starts again and you come out into the world anew with this new skill acquired. And it was really quite thought-provoking because if you remove the time element and the time excuse from acquiring a skill, what would you want to achieve? What would you want to be able to do? And for me, it would probably be something like learn a language. So Mandarin, I think, would be the the one of choice, as this would clearly make me a more valuable asset, both to myself as an individual but to businesses or uh, your own business if you chose to start one, because being able to speak another language, English, alongside the probably the future business language of the world, if um, China's continued economic growth is in to go by, especially off the back of this pandemic, but we won't start any conspiracy theories. But I think learning Mandarin would probably be quite valuable, and time is probably one of the big excuses for never really being fussed about learning a language, but it would definitely make you a pretty skillful person question 14 weirdest message request you've received on instagram it's really hard to like past probably recency bias and that was uh, a guy was offering to wax me and bidding to do so and i think because it's so recent it's fresh in my memory and it's just such a strange strange thing to ask to do and i mean whatever folks you bought but yeah that would that, that weirded me out a little bit others probably include in recent years being asked like people wanting to buy old shoes or old socks. Um, which, again, is just so strange. And I must admit, I've never explored it far enough to find out what the price point is because the price point might be enough that you'd be like, all right, okay, I might do that. The waxing thing, almost definitely not, although I think it would depend on what the conditions were in terms of, like, are you allowed somebody there to to be a third party and intervene if things get really weird? And then the socks thing, like, somebody maybe, I never even, I just kind of deleted the message. That's so weird. But what happens if it was like a thousand pounds of sock? You'd probably say yes, wouldn't you? Or I don't even know, maybe less than that. Who knows? But yeah, some strange messages on the on the, on, on the request folder. You need to be careful what you open. Sometimes it's a lovely message about the podcast. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a middle-aged man sending his genitalia or asking to um, wax you. Question 15, do you diet or are you more of a sustain a healthy lifestyle kind of guy? at this stage of being into my health and fitness, I don't think I diet, but to the normal person that's not into health and fitness, they would consider me to be dieting pretty much year round because I tend to have an awareness of where my calories fall most days, even when I'm not tracking everything in an app, which is quite frequently now because I'm training so hard with the conditioning and stuff like that. The only thing I need to be conscious of is getting enough protein and actually enough calories to fall within a range. But I tend not to log everything every day in the app because I tend to eat a lot of the same things, especially if I'm working at home, most of my meals look the same and at similar times. So I guess I do track calories, which would mean that I am typically dieting or I'm, I'm aware of what my calorie intake is roughly. If you, if you put a gun to my head, On a Tuesday, I could probably tell you how many thousand calories I'd roughly eaten and roughly how much protein I'd had. But on a weekend, it's probably a little bit looser where I tend to just eat quite well, have some of the meals that I have during the week, but then a bit more flexibility. Again, that depends on my goal. When I'm wanting to bring my absolute leanest and most um, shredded physique for a particular goal, which the last time that was for a photo shoot in June 2019, and then I was pretty lean for going to Ibiza in September 2019. So for me, I was tracking everything to the exact number then and using my Fitness Pal. But since then, I've I still use the app fairly regularly, but not as often. So I guess I I do diet to an extent, but it's not really hard for me to do that now. And there's so much flexibility given the number that I'm working towards. I'm perhaps fortunate in some ways that my activity level's so high, my muscle mass is so high, that I'm eating almost 4000 calories a day maintaining weight. So there's so much room and scope there to be quite flexible with what goes in. On to question 16. 2021 goals and CC plans post COVID. Right, let's go for the 2021 goals first. In my career, I want to achieve my personal income target. So that's the amount of income and revenue that I bring into the company through sales and contracts and deals and I would want to achieve two modules on my diploma for my certificate of insurance or sorry my diploma in uh, insurance through the Chartered Institute of Insurance so there's two modules that I would want to complete within that and that's two exams and two pieces of coursework each by the end of 2021 and I think that would actually qualify me that would actually get me my diploma Which would be excellent at the moment um, for those that care. I am certificate CII. I would want to be diploma CII because it it just makes me seen as more technically literate and knowledgeable within my industry. And then, lastly, within career for 2021, I'd want to be given some more opportunities uh, within work, some of the bigger opportunities and bigger contract wins that I could potentially go after that would be great because that would show that I've built up my credibility and I've built up my uh, where, where I'm seen within the company to be given those opportunities. Fitness goals in 2021, continue to increase my competence in more different workouts. So uh, cardiovascularly, um, uh, power, strength, speed, it'd be great to continue to be good and confident within those and know that I can look great, move well, and be confident jumping into a session. So if somebody does say, on a Sunday afternoon, do you want to train with me and we're going to do this workout, I don't panic or let my ego get in the way and know that I can go and contribute and still be part of that and not, not have a heart attack. Content goals for 2021 grow the reach of the podcast. Instagram's not a massive focus, it's a means to an end. The podcast is where my focus lies. So on that note, please share this podcast if you're enjoying it with a friend. And I just want to deliver as much value as possible with interesting guests, powerful confrontations, good topics, and really just bring as much valuable information to the people that choose to listen to the podcast as possible, because that's how it will grow. And if more and more people are impacted positively by it, then that's me. That's me done my job. The other 2021 goal is actually to launch my first support coaching product to people from a productivity and fitness perspective. There's a bit of a collaboration coming up and I'll launch that through Instagram and that'll support people who are just like me with a... A career or a business that they're really focused on and they want to achieve peak performance in both fitness but also that area of their life and i think i'm going to bring uh, an excellent product that i've been working on for the last few months and i'm excited to launch that post covid depending on whenever that is i'm sure i'd love to do a week more travel now that's not me changing my tune from saying that i'm somebody that likes to travel that would be me going to a holiday destination in the sun and enjoy myself for, for for a few days, and maybe something like Dubai, depending on what the what the weather's like, or who knows, maybe I'll get another run out in Ibiza, uh, depending on what time of year it is. Question seventeen: Top three people you'd love to join you on the podcast. I've taken this from a an individual guest approach. So the first of those, I've said before, is James Clear, uh, author of Atomic Habits. We get right into habits. We talk about formation, habit stacking, how to how to build positive habits, how to avoid building negative habits. I think it would be a fantastic conversation. Now, the second one, this is a bit of an unusual one. I'd love Cambrough Jr., so my younger brother, Ian, to join me on the podcast and just share some of the perspectives he's got on things and share some of the conversations that him him and I just have off the cuff because I think, one, it'd probably be quite funny, but two, there's maybe another side that we can... Bring to the podcast world. I think to have that conversation, and hopefully he's listened to this. I think Bryce Bell, who's been a previous guest, I think he was episode 12, and people rightfully lost their minds because Bryce is an inspiring individual. Some of the chats that him, Ian, and I have are incredibly powerful. And sometimes I wish they were recorded because I think it would make a a, a great episode. Third, at this moment in time, I think I'd like to have a chat with Joe Delaney uh for those that follow him on in, uh, instagram his handle shred bundy Joe's been somebody that I looked up to from a feed physique perspective for a very long time. He was also when I was younger somebody that was really funny in the the kind of um young fitness lad space with his 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 chat and his humor. He's a very articulate speaker and he's also somebody that's quite an abstract thinker but also quite relatable views across a lot of topics, and he actually has his own podcast, A Cup of Joe, I think it's called, but he's so infrequent with his uploads. He's the opposite of me in terms of uh, being really uh, focused on that kind of stuff. I think he'd be a fantastic guest. If, If anyone wants to intro me to Joe Delaney, then please make it happen. Question 18, who's your favorite northerner? Pick wisely. This is a loaded question from another former podcast guest, Talia Bentley. So Talia, you're my favorite northerner, and Talia's is somebody that's hugely on, on point and successful, which is obviously a quality that I, I really value. And it's massively inspiring to watch Talia manage both her own type 1 diabetes, but also now as a coach online managing lots of different girls and guys who suffer from type 1 diabetes and helping them to fulfill that. And she's grown a fantastic coaching business in the last six, seven months and has now gone full time into it from her role as a... As a video analysis previously, uh, previously in, in, in sports, she's now gone all into her business. So yeah, Talia is a, a really good friend of mine and very inspiring person. Yeah, she's loaded the question there to get a, a little bit of a compliment on, on the podcast. Question 19, number one lesson of 2020. I mean, if it hasn't been a year of lessons for many of us, I, I don't know what you would say about 2020. It feels like such a long year that we've had but I think it's probably underlined that the small things for me cannot be taken for granted. Some of the restrictions we've had in place, the things we've had taken away from us, the things that we took for granted as standard have <laughs> been not, not always there for us during 2020. Things like workouts, things like going out for more than an hour a day at points during 2020 was not allowed. So for me, really embracing the simple pleasures that we have and i think i was already quite a grateful person but i definitely increased my gratitude for small pleasures and i'm i've tried to be more present and i think that's a big lesson within 2020 being more present in the moments that we have so particular areas of examples i could bring to the table for that are on my walks being more present of my surroundings particularly when i'm walking through a nice area making sure that I'm not picking picking my phone out during a podcast while I'm at a walk and, and scrolling Instagram or uh, texting or on WhatsApp and really just soaking in the fact that, wow, like those trees look lovely at this time of year or that water running past me on, on, on the river is amazing. Like Listen to that sound. Now that sounds really hippie, but let's try and be more present of the things that are around us. And then the other example I've got is when you're chatting with a friend or your parents especially during this period where you've you've had hundreds of thousands of conversations with these people before but making sure we're present within it and really getting the most from those conversations because these these discussions are finite and they will one day stop particularly when it's with your parents so for me it was thinking about when I'm chatting with my mom or going for a walk with my mom especially during this period which one of the few things we're allowed to do really being present and tuned into that chat and, and, and trying to savor the moment and not always seek additional stimulation or distraction from things like our phone or um, whatever else we use to distract us. Question 20, CrossFit versus hypertrophy and strength observations since you've been doing this style of training so far. So I've told you about my my split push-pull legs six days a week with three kind of more conditioning Metcon-style sessions within that. Overall hypertrophy and aesthetics-wise, I probably look pretty much the same. I think I probably lost a little bit of size and strength in my legs during the first lockdown just due to the equipment I had access to, but roughly I'm... Um, I'm the same, and I'm actually stronger on a number of compounds because off the back of trying to be more functional, I started barbell squatting again. I started uh, barbell conventional deadlift. I started barbell flat um, bench as well. So for me, I'm actually stronger on these compound movements than I've ever been before, and I just previously avoided them. So putting those into my six days a week has been quite beneficial from a strength perspective. So I'm actually stronger. And I still don't really like low, low reps, but for things like deadlifts and some of the squat stuff that I've done, it's been quite nice to track getting stronger at those on three, four, or five reps. And that's been that's been good fun to see those numbers go up and testing those. And I think it's important to remember when it comes to hypertrophy and strength. I'm actually really only doing those three proper Metcon sessions per week, so I've not gone full CrossFit and it's not overtaken the focus on looking and performing well with the weights in hand for just cardiovascular or just a a more metabolic style of training. I've definitely added to my capacity from an aerobic perspective. Like (laughs) Honestly, some of the Metcon did at the start, I was Gassed after a really embarrassing amount of time. <laughs> Whereas I'm definitely getting faster on the roar, I'm faster on the assault bike, I can burn more calories per row or per stroke. Um, and I think that's a testament to how I'm doing. I've cut out some of the junk volume and sets on my hypertrophy days. So those second push, pull, and leg sessions where I'm just doing a couple of movements for hypertrophy, I'm just rinsing and repeating and bringing absolute best I can to those movements and then it's on to the Metcon stuff so sometimes we probably f- have too much filler stuff in our sessions anyway. Question 21 and we're into the the home straight of this podcast. Three things I've learned since the second lockdown so I think in the central belt in Scotland we probably went into more severe restrictions mid-November and to be honest lesson number one I actually was in isolation for the vast majority it. I tested positive for COVID-19 on the 18th or 19th of, of November. So I've been in lockdown pretty much up until this podcast um, comes out. And the one thing that I learned off the back of that was that how much I value my routine, which I already knew, but how much I value the steps and the air element of it, particularly in the morning, I found that my sleep routine got much worse when I wasn't getting light and fresh air first thing in the morning as I woke up. So everyone knows I love my morning steps, but it actually plays a tremendous role in my circadian rhythm and starting me off the day correctly and then helping me sleep at night. So I actually found that I was sleeping in longer in the mornings because I wasn't able to go out for my walk. I was less likely to get up and start my day and get some fresh air and get some light because I wasn't allowed outside at all. Number two, (laughs) bit of a political one. The fact that our politicians started with this rhetoric of so much fear about the virus and the pandemic meant that they started off on a foot where we have to save all lives. No life can be lost to COVID-19. And that means it's very difficult to go from that level of rhetoric and that level of promise to the population in terms of protecting absolutely every life from a a, a disease or a virus means that they now find it hard to climb down when the more rational viewpoint is that nowadays we probably have to unlock to some extent or to a large extent with some restrictions and distancing and masks or whatever else we need to do. And unfortunately, the most vulnerable will perhaps, there will be some casualties amongst that. But that's really hard for people to do. So I think one thing I've definitely learned from the second lockdown, the decision to put us into more tight restrictions again, almost to protect such a, a small number of people, which although every loss of life is tragic, some of, some of it could definitely be, a, some of it we definitely almost have to accept based on the numbers that are, we're actually talking about in real terms versus other more significant killers of people like cancer, obesity, even suicide and mental health and wellbeing now. So I think the second thing I learned is that politicians find it very hard to deal with this situation because of the almost the rod they made for their own back at the start where they had the whole, we must save all lives, please protect the NHS um, rhetoric that we started off with. Third is linked to that in some ways in that rational people won't interpret statistics the way that many others will because of the pressure that's on them or because it doesn't say what they want it to say. So if you look at some of the statistics that have been thrown around around the, the the pandemic, it's been very hard to see why you would close gyms. For example, I know I've got vested interest, I want the gyms open. But then even if you look at hospitality, where they've found it quite hard to trace the number of cases caused by hospitality. And yet most, most regions and countries in the world have closed hospitality as well as gyms and it's quite frustrating and rational people won't necessarily use the statistics in the way that you would expect them to so by that I'm mainly talking about politicians when externalized find it a lot easier to detach from the gravity of the situation and the weight of the decision and look more at the figures and think wow some of the decisions we're making are terrible when it comes to further lockdowns and restrictions on to question 22 If life could be like any movie that you've watched, which one would it be? Now, this is actually quite a hard one to consider because most films you watch, in order for them to be interesting, there has to be an element of drama or high stress or a crazy incident in order for you to really want to watch it. You wouldn't just watch somebody breeze through life and just enjoy themselves to to a small extent rather than there needs to be highs and lows, I suppose. But if we're talking about lifestyle and look and vibe, a lot of you are going to laugh. It's got to be American Psycho. It's got to be Patrick Bateman in his fresh suit with his sick morning routine, his shredded physique and his whining and dining clients, going out to nice restaurants, enjoying the finer things in life and having a, a beautiful apartment that was well decorated. So for me, it's got to be Bateman. Obviously, we've got to caveat it with the fact that he has wild, frightening dreams. And they are dreams for, for, for before people are shouting that you want to be a mass murderer. Yet they're figments of his imagination that he's taking part in these wild killings. So that's certainly not something that I want. And I would have to deal with the mental trauma being Patrick Bateman. But he has a pretty cool life outside of that. So we're going to take the, the rough with the smooth. And I think we'll go for, if my life could be any movie, I think it would be Patrick Bateman in American Psycho question 23 third last question where do you see yourself as a human in the next five years so I think that'll probably links into some of the things that I talked about in terms of my goals for 2021 20, and they would probably just be an extension of that from that perspective so progressing in a career that I care about and enjoy hopefully probably within the corporate insurance space and making deals of a bigger scale than I'm doing just now. So just being involved in similar stuff to what I'm doing just now, but on a larger scale, and hopefully in a, in a managerial position, and supporting other people in my role on a daily basis with coaching, support, being seen as a manager and a role model to people in my position that I'm in in 2020 would be would be a great place to be, and creating. Impact through my content, whatever platform that might be in, 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 in five years' time, I would want to be creating a positive impact, whether that's podcast, Instagram, or whatever platform it evolves in the next five years. I'd want to be financially secure and with a property that I'm happy in and uh, pleased with how it looks and where I am in the world, while also being confident and comfortable in the investments and savings that I make, that further down the line. I would be financially secure based on what I'm doing during that period, so money would be something I would be focused on, much like I am today. I'd probably be surprised if I had a full family at this point, but maybe I would be working towards that and settled in a in a in a, in a, in a happy partnership in that respect, and starting to maybe build a family. Fitness wise, I'd want to be in absolutely ruthless shape, still lean, mean, in 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 great shape. And make sure I was healthy and functional, and enjoyed whatever style of training that I was delving into. So that's the, that's the plans for uh, me as a human in five years' time. Second last question, question twenty-four. Where do you, where do you see your podcast, Instagram, and other social media in five years? So that probably links to one of the comments that I made there. The platforms will undoubtedly change over the next few years, and we'll see. Um, I don't know the emergence of TikTok or, or 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 whatever's coming next in that space. YouTube might might disappear tomorrow. Instagram might disappear tomorrow. So whatever I'm on, I would hope that I'd be creating valuable content that I was proud of and pleased with, and whoever chooses to follow or tune in enjoys what I'm I'm saying and and, and putting out there. I fully see myself continuing to create content for the foreseeable future. It's a massive part of my lifestyle. It's something that I enjoy. I get fulfillment from. I hope that other people enjoy what I say and what I do. And if they can take anything from it and it helps somebody else, then that is, that's absolutely fantastic. So in terms of where I see the podcast, Instagram, socials, I'm going absolutely nowhere. I might end up on a different platform, bringing a slightly different form of content. But hopefully the the value and the style of information I'm bringing will still remain true to me and valuable to whoever is good enough to, to follow. So final question, and I almost had a bubble in the last podcast, and this is probably the closest that I'll, I'll come to. So I'll read you question 25. Personally, I've learned and still do learn so much from you. Whenever we chat or whenever I consume your content, I learn something. This will be the same for many, many people. How does that make you feel, especially being so young? I'd say you're the youngest person I know I look up to. Now, my initial reaction to that is it it feels incredible when somebody says that to you, regardless of whether that's one person or five people or a thousand people, that feels incredible that somebody feels that way about something that I'm saying to them, either directly or via a piece of content on on, on social media or on or, or on the podcast. So really, it's incredibly fulfilling that anyone feels positively impacted by what I'm seeing and what I'm doing. And that's a feeling that I, I that's, just, that's the, the best words I can, I can put it into. I like to think I'm quite articulate. And that's the best words that I can put them into when it comes to feeling like I'm having a positive impact. It, it, it feels incredible and really, really rewarding. I don't often get imposter syndrome because I do feel that my audience didn't appear overnight I had to work and deliver consistent value to do so so I do feel that I can add value to those who have actively chosen to follow what I'm posting my content doesn't necessarily reach tens of thousands of people for no reason at all they tend it tends to be people who have chosen to tune in and follow I've got quite a niche audience in that respect so I do feel I can add value to those that are in the demographic that tend to listen or, or, or tune into what I do. So it's not really a false position that I've just appeared into. So I don't feel uncomfortable with people maybe saying, oh, I, I, I like what you're saying because it doesn't feel like it's happened for, 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 for no reason at all. However, I think it's important to caveat that with there is some pressure that I put on myself and that I feel through my platforms on me to justify where I am and the position that I've got to, but it's a healthy pressure because it makes me want to act in a way that is befitting of the platform that I've built and the, the value that people hopefully place in me. So messages like that reaffirms the fact that I need to act in a way that is befitting of me fulfilling my maximum potential, and if that benefits other people, fantastic, but obviously I need to just be comfortable with the decisions that I'm making to be the best version of myself, the best version of Colin Campbell that I can be. And if others can come along on that journey and become the best version of themselves, a variant of the journey that I'm going on for themselves and, and uh, on their own level or their own type of journey, then that is absolutely fantastic. And it makes what I'm doing incredibly worthwhile, me recording a podcast for, for 40 minutes myself in my bedroom talking away and writing out all these questions and some bullet points and answers. There is time and investment that goes into this, but it's incredibly rewarding. And for people to reach out and send me messages like that is absolutely incredible. So yeah, I don't take it for granted. I do feel an element of pressure. I do feel I deserve people to respond that way to me because of the the hard work that I put in and that it's a, a true reflection of who I am. So yeah, hopefully that answers... That question, and to wrap us up, if you have enjoyed this and you're listening on Apple, please leave me a five star review and a little written blurb on what on what the podcast does for you and what you enjoy. But the main way that the podcast has been continuing to grow is through shares on social media, so tag me on your Instagram story or pop it off to a friend this episode, if you've really enjoyed it, do that if not reach into the back catalog, pick something that really resonated with you, that you maybe learned something from, from one of the fantastic guests that I've had on and share it with a friend. I would massively appreciate it. I'll be keeping a close eye on the lessons in the back catalog to see which episodes you choose. Please reach out, chat to me. I love your feedback. I'm available on Instagram. Everyone on there knows I answer my messages. If you're not an Instagram person, then you can reply to my email list and I'll put a Uh, a link in in the show notes on signing up for an email list. That's something I'm going to be starting to, to ramp up in future days and weeks as well. And without keeping you for any longer, massive thank you for tuning in. And I'll be back to speak to you all again with another fantastic guest very, very soon.